Black History Month has wrapped up, and I hope my people of color have been inspired, educated, and has made to be a little bit more self-aware in regards to our history. But the work doesn't end when it comes to all those things. In this bonus episode, I am chatting with entrepreneur Andrew Baker on the elements that create Black excellence, ownership being one of them. Listen in as we chat about some of the foundational tools and resources on mapping out your journey to entrepreneurship. Let's get started. This Around the Way girl wants to chat with you. She's discovering new information in this world that surrounds her, tapping into her inner power, her sexuality, and taking ownership of her insecurities. She discovered she had to unlearn some things, Come and enjoy her moments of reflection, re-education, redefinition, and evolution. Kick back, sip some wine, take a drive, whatever your vibe. Join me, your host, Shea Sana, with She Discovered Podcast. So stay tuned. You might learn some things. As I mentioned earlier, this is a bonus episode. And if you haven't already checked out past episodes and past seasons, please go do so. While staying tuned for a spicy yet informative season four coming soon. Before we get into the topic, check out this dope track by my longtime homegirl slash sister, Ashira is Love. Ashira has definitely been on She Discovered podcast. You can check her out on two episodes, Dating in 2021, Ladies Edition on YouTube or Finding Purpose in season two. She is a wonderful vocal artist, musical teacher, and most definitely Definitely a lyricist. She's spitting bars on this track called Black Excellence. Black Excellence, Exodus with the God flow. Psalms 23 enemies, bad to get close. On your God, Bill Murray's pro time pack blows. Been spitting the fire, burning them Joe Schmoes. Black Excellence, something they want to ridicule. Even Jesus was stoned down by many of you. Discredit my legacy, man, they won't do. Too much witnesses, 53rd parts of Avenue.
we are talking about Black excellence and entrepreneurship. And as we know it, Black excellence now in this era is not only about being self-aware, but it's also about entrepreneurship. It's about ownership. Andrew, thank you for being on the podcast. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. <laughs> most definitely, most <laughs> definitely. So yeah, like I, I want us uh, to talk about Black excellence from uh, another perspective. What for the past couple years, everything is about being woke, right? Being woke and self-aware as a Black person and knowing where we came from, knowing our history. Right. But um, now we're also seeing a rise of Black entrepreneurship. We think of um, Black Wall Street and we think of how can we get back there? Mm-hmm. in this generation and black excellence meaning ownership how can we not own property but how can we have ownership of our finances how can we have ownership of opportunities that we can not only provide in our community but also provide in our family for generations to come how do you view black excellence so black excellence first of all it comes down to knowledge when you are when you've taken that decision of not depending on someone else to provide for you financially and you've taken that responsibility yourself being intentional of learning right so once you now take that step you now have to now focus on the financial literacy aspect of it too um learning how to manage money um which is huge what you're describing, we could just describe it as plain excellence, right? Like just mm-hmm. plain ownership. Mm-hmm. But why the concept now that we have to call it Black excellence? Why can we not only call it like, oh, yeah, we're just, you know, trying to be owners and entrepreneurs. But now the concept or the title of Black excellence, why are we so focused on that concept? You're stolen from a place, brought to another place. You have been programmed to know that well quote unquote that you're less than the universe says hey where you came from people were doing things much different they were all about community they're all about building up um they had their own resources they didn't depend on anybody this whole time i should have known that i came from excellence so it's a black excellence kind of like reminding you where you came from mm. and it's repeating in your mind like hey you aren't meant to be less than you don't need somebody to validate who you are. You've always been excellent. So this phrase of Black excellence just remind of like where I came from. Now that I know that I came from this place, let's call it this Africa, which we all know is flown with resources. So it's kind of like paying homage to the motherland. Look, I came from you and my responsibility is to continue where I came from and I'm gonna move forward with that. For yourself, tell us a little bit about what you do in the entrepreneurship realm. Well, I have a digital agency um, where I do branding for certain companies. I have equity in multiple businesses as well. Uh, One in the cannabis industry. Uh, I have another in the security and fire industry. I've now got equity in a sports and entertainment company that's bringing a football game to New York City this year, September 17th, between um, Howard and Morehouse College. I've diversified myself in different industries than just making sure I'm tapping into different things that I know that I believe in. What made you want to dive into entrepreneurship and not just work a nine to five? And I think there's a fine line we need to draw also. 
not saying that everybody needs to be an entrepreneurship because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe everyone was is built for it. I, mm-hmm. I think kudos to those that do work the nine to five, kudos to the bus drivers, kudos mm-hmm. to the nurses, kudos to whatever. But um, I think we're in an era where we're telling people it's possible to mm-hmm. come out of a nine to five and that's not your only option. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like there's a narrative that is forcing and driving that everyone should do entrepreneurship. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case. But mm-hmm. for you personally, why did you want to now tap into entrepreneurship and not just work a regular nine to five what did it mean for you and your family there's a difference between being an entrepreneur and a solopreneur right so entrepreneur Mm. actually have they have employees they've built a structure right from beginning to end and then they're they're managing employees to continue servicing their clients right solopreneurs are just starting out right they don't have any employees um, but they have a drive and a passion for something to add to the benefit of their community and they're not depending on a company that's existing already to pay them. They're actually going out and saying, hey, I have to control my own financial destiny. Right. Same thing as an entrepreneur, but that's, that's the difference between both of them. You know, one has employees, one doesn't. All right. So what drove me to leave my job? Now, I worked in finance for at least seven years. I learned the breakdown of money. And what I saw was business owners who were struggling financially. I mean, people who were doing seven figures and up, still trying to find a way just to stay afloat. You know, I, I'm enjoying the fact that I'm helping out somebody in, in the financial um, industry and whatnot. You know, we had a quota we had to meet, right? You know, we help X amount of businesses, X amount of commission and so forth. But I will always spend time on certain businesses just to see how I can actually help them with their finances, also their brand awareness and also their employees. And I was like, hey, you know, I got a knack for this. Surprisingly, the gentleman who was my supervisor was like, hey, you know, I'm like, you're doing a great job. You know, if you continue this up, you know, you can see yourself getting like a 3% raise. Now, in finance, you didn't in that in, in the apartment, mm-hmm. you're really crunching numbers every day. So I said for me to get a 3% raise, you know, I did the numbers. I had to do X amount of dollars in sales with the company. Mm-hmm. And I broke down, hey, well, 3% of raise actually was 1% of what the company was earning in private. So I'm like, why yeah, am I getting yeah. a penny? You get 99 cents. Mm-hmm. So I put together like, hey, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna give my two weeks notice. No, that's to get out of here. Got out of that job, you know, but that was off of emotion. I was like, hey, now how am I going to actually survive, you know, from day to day? Mm-hmm. Right. So thankfully, another company hired me on. So I, what I did was I did a strategic plan where I said, okay, hey, I'm going to be here for X amount of months. I'm going to put aside X amount of dollars. That's going to allow me to continue to live for X amount of time. Mm-hmm. But I have to accumulate X amount of clientele to continue on. Right. Um, so it was that experience knowing what I had to help that company earn a profit for me to actually do my own thing. And I think you bring up a valid point. Sometimes we do do things based off of emotion or mm-hmm. not strategically where we're just like, right. yeah, I'm going to quit my job. And don't get me wrong. It has worked for some people where they're like, you know what? I'm going to go on faith or I'm just going to, you know, put all my eggs in a basket is either win or lose. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go hard. And it has worked out for some people and it hasn't. But right. I would suggest or I would ask if you would also have the same sentiments that that probably isn't the best way to go about it. It should mm-hmm. be a little bit more strategic in the sense of like, if you really desire to be a solopreneur or a entrepreneur that 
strategically before leaving your job because especially if you have a family you know Mm. what i mean you want the bills to be taken care of your family your children to be taken care of you Mm. know build that savings or have some type of nest to say that okay how long can this hold me off for if this doesn't work out because i have a couple of friends that are entrepreneurs or solopreneurs now that you clarified it for me so thank you for that they themselves said for them to see profit it took Mm. like two to three years before before they really started yeah. seeing a turnover because they got to put blood, sweat and tears. They got to mm-hmm. put their own money in it before they see mm-hmm. a return. So if you're not ready to say that, OK, I have enough money to pay my bills and everything for the next two, three years, think it through or whatever. So what is the importance, even though it may not be for everyone, but what do you believe is the importance of building our own? of having ownership, like Mm. as a solopreneur or entrepreneur, when it comes to ownership, what do you believe is the importance in today's climate? It's your, it's your divine responsibility. You're you're responsible for taking care of yourself first and foremost. So because of that alone, if you're you're depending on somebody to always provide for you, you're always going to be stuck in a box. As a community, Black Wall Street is a perfect example. When it was a collaboration between people of the same color who had the same agenda. Let's just provide for our own. We, We don't need anybody else. Uh, also do generational wealth by what we're doing at banks, movies, uh, people in the medical field. You you now created a, a grid that didn't need to rely on anybody else. Right. And, and that, that shows you that once you come together, it's like, okay, sustainability is a possibility. Black folks can actually work together when they have a common goal. Mm-hmm. No one's crab barreling. No one is saying, hey, I need to depend on this person to do X, Y, Z. It's actually a community, a community effort. And when you first said it, when you said divine purpose or, you know, divine responsibility, I started thinking about it. And I've had multiple topics on this podcast about religion and spirituality. (laughs) And sometimes you can go in that realm and depending on what congregation, what church you could get the overly zealous prosperity message where everything is like you deserve to have jets and money and da 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 da. And then you have the other concept where it's just like, no, you you have to be meek and poor. If you're a follower of Christ, if you're a follower of God, like you should not have love for money. You should not have riches because riches mm-hmm. leads to evil yada 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 right mm-hmm. but i always believe in balance and i mentioned this book as well multiple times the richest uh, man in babylon i read guy. that book i love that book it it enables me to understand like you said the divine responsibility for us to have ownership mm-hmm. uh the divine responsibility to provide not only for our families but for our community and it also made me realize that there's nothing wrong with having an abundance of money no. and if you want to bring it back to um religion or bible when mm-hmm. you look at certain characters in the bible such as abraham david solomon if we were to calculate how much they were worth like with today you're talking about billions right Right. so it's it's not the problem of the having the money it's mainly the mindset of the money right because when you read richest man in babylon you see that certain men had money but they lost it or they did not make good use of it but the the gems that you find in that book is showing you how to obtain this money how to keep this money and how to utilize it for yourself and I remember a previous conversation that we had, right? Mm -hmm. And you said something that I feel or I believe was very important. And you said that 
knowing who you are, knowing what you're about and how you can contribute to the development of your community equals black right. excellence. Right. And when you said that, I think that opens the door, not only for entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, I think that opens the door for your average everyday person. Mm -hmm. Because if a person says, you know what, I don't know about this entrepreneur life or solopreneur, it's not really my thing, but it's like, okay, what are you doing to be more self-aware about yourself? Mm -hmm. Um, What are you doing to even develop the talents that you have, you have within yourself mm-hmm. to be of aid to your community. You could be the man that says, yo, I'm just going to volunteer at the boys and girls club. I'm mm-hmm. going to be a, a, a person that helps with um, the, the woman's shelter or whatever. You're being an aid to your community, right. right? You're being an aid to a community that for so long is um, overseen. And like mm. you said, we're always begging at the quote unquote master's table. No, you, you may get some people that may come back and give you some heat with mouth to say, but I have to say it. There's no difference between slavery back in the day and a nine to five worker today, right? right? Okay, yeah. Because of the fact, and I'm not knocking those working nine to five. It's simply based off of this. If you look at the spiritual responsibility of an entrepreneur, there is a seven year requirement of, okay, if you have a smartphone for seven years, you are now to let them go and give them a financial blessing, right? Mm-hmm. For them to now be self-sustaining. If you don't do that, you're now just making them your slave. They have the options to say, hey, I either want to stay on and continue working with you and I don't mind being, you know, the worker for you. Or they can say, hey, now I've learned what I have to learn. Now I can move on. In today's world, the nine to five worker, most of them should have the option to say, hey, they can either leave their job. But because the way certain systems are made, owners don't want to do that. So it's like, hey, as long as I'm giving you a paycheck for you to work to live day to day or bi-week to bi-weekly, I still got you as my slave, right? Mm-hmm. There's basically no difference. You're literally robbing your children and generations of generational wealth and sustainability. Hmm. I had to point that out. Because when you were talking, I was like, I got to say that. <laughs> so nine to five to me, and again, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. anybody has a job. But mm-hmm. when you sit down and look at it, as long as you aren't financially aware of what you're capable of, you will always be a slave to whoever you're working for. And, and, you, look, and you also look at it, they can replace you at any minute. Yeah. Right? That's also the importance of being a solopreneur and entrepreneur where, again, you're not depending on that person to always provide for you. You're now in a position where, hey, I can always sustain and provide for myself. Yeah. So better gain off my chest. I just had to say that. <laughs> I had you to say that. You say that. <laughs> and I'm about to drop another uh, a mm-hmm. book mention again because mm-hmm. I've, I've been trying to be more intentional about, you know, reading books and educating okay. myself as well as listening to audiobooks and podcasts and all that type of stuff. But mm-hmm. two things, when you when you say that, I think about, again, we're in an era where everything is talking about entrepreneurship and finance and for generational wealth all uh, amongst Black people. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about investments specifically, because we're talking about all types of investments, stocks and crypto and real mm-hmm. estate, a lot of people is like, yo, like, this is awesome that we're learning this now, but why wasn't it taught in school? And when you watch documentaries, they'll tell you like people like Rockefeller and mm. all those people in those high places, that wasn't the agenda to teach you how they're making money. Because right. to teach you how to make money as they're making money will now lose the labor force. Mm-hmm. I'm losing my workers, which like right. you said, you um, compare it to modern day slavery. I, I can see how you can connect those two. 
two. And the book that I want to mention again is by Robert um, Kiyosaki. And I'm not Mm -hmm. talking about Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm talking about, and I have it here in front of me. It's called uh, The Cashflow Quadrant. Yeah. And it tells you about like that book. Yes, it's a my mom, really my mom good shoved book. that book in my face. Shout out really? to my mom. Like, yeah, she, you know, growing up in a Caribbean home, it was work hard, get a good education, you'll be good. Mm-hmm. My mom was like, I, I, I was taught that, but that's not going to be you. My mm-hmm. mom used the phrase, you're going to break the cycle. And mm-hmm. she really put that book in my hand, like, read this book, right? Wow. Fast forward to today, this is why I had the mentality of understand how money works. Okay. Because if it weren't for my mom putting that book into my hand, honestly, I don't think where I'd be today. My grandfather was an entrepreneur back in Jamaica, had businesses and owned a bunch of land and so forth. And But he and I never had a conversation. My mom had told me that the same drive he had, I had. And I only saw him one time. And mm-hmm. I remember the vision, everything. I've seen him there and I saw this whole bunch of land and he wanted to hand it to my father. My father was like, nah, I'm good. But my mom had said like, hey, the way he had worked was he was all about being independent. He was all about, okay, this is where I grew up. Same time with my community. So what he did was he bought plots of land, built salons, um, built restaurants, bought a resource center as well, too. So my drive actually comes from my grandfather, nice. right? And then my mom took a piece of that and said, hey, this, like that book you just mentioned, you read this to understand, okay, when you're in, in doing business, you understand how everything works, understand the system and so forth. Thank you for coming this far into the episode. I wanted to share the exciting news of She Discovered Podcast expanding to YouTube. We will still be streaming audio episodes via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. In addition, extra episodes will air via YouTube from time to time. So please be sure to follow and subscribe. Updates and teasers can be found on Instagram at She Discovered Podcast. Enjoy the rest of the episode. And that's another thing that's important, economics. I think that we'll all just understand micro macroeconomics 101. I believe everyone who would read that, their mentality would shift on, for those who are nine to five, their mentality would shift on, okay, hey, if I'm passionate about creating art, I'm going to start now focusing on my art because mm-hmm. I can see what it can do for myself and also my community. Yeah, that book, a friend actually got it for me for my mm-hmm. birthday, I believe, last year because we were talking about money, right? That's good and- you got yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm halfway there, but I, I love it. I, I got underlines, highlights and everything. And I love how he breaks it down. Like, here's how your finances and your future may look if you stick as an employee. Mm-hmm. Here's how it may look if you're an employee and also an investor or a business owner and an investor. Like he gives you different type of scenarios, right? Based on the quadrant to see like if you're looking for financial freedom and mm-hmm. if you're looking for generational wealth, here's mm-hmm. a new way of looking at it. And although he does not so far bash being an employee but he does kind of have the employee's a slave he, he says it in a nice way he, 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 that's he what i'm it, saying he doesn't yeah. he doesn't put it blatantly like oh yeah, yeah you guys are like trash but in yeah. a sense of like if you stick as an employee you're not really going to gain that type of freedom that you should Very have true. and the, and the fact that we're using freedom then mm. that tells you based on what you said exactly. if you don't have free financial freedom so what do you yeah. have financial slavery right you're right. bound to exactly. somebody 
something. What would you say are different ways a person can enter or practice ownership? And I love that you brought the example of your grandfather. Mm Because like you said, like he had a salon, he had land. And, Mm -hmm. you know, nowadays, like I said, we talk about real estate, we talk about investments, we talk about business. But what are what are ways um, and it could be what I just said, but what Mm -hmm. are multiple ways that we can enter into ownership or even start practicing ownership? One of the ways that you can is affirmation. I am an owner by talking that into your life because you got to believe it, right? From there, like, what is it that you want to own first? So, you know, when it comes to, and I, and I say this all the time, my, my mom, I love that woman. Um, Shout out to also, your mom. For real, for real, like, you know, um, when it comes, like I say, for a house, uh-huh. right? When, when you get a house, you technically don't own it. You're equity partner with the bank and the bank owns majority of it you own a small fraction of it and then you're paying up the portion to actually get full ownership now if you look at the length it takes you to become a full-time owner that's 30 years so now i gotta pay my house in 30 years like to practice ownership is find something that you actually own so right start, start, so starting an llc or inc or whatever right is the first ownership hey, i actually own a business the united states actually recognizes me as a business owner not a um so i'm looking for where you use your social security number as the EIN. Like you actually have an EIN associated with, with that business, right? Mm-hmm. Now you're putting money into that business, right? So the government now sees you as, hey, you know, they're actually doing some some money coming in. Okay, we're, we're going to see how they perform, right? That's the small steps into becoming an owner. Uh, another way um, can be um, getting involved in your community where you're saying, hey, what, what does my community need, right? We all know that, resources any like resources as in clothing um educational material that you can now say okay let me see what works best for me first and let me see what works best for my community second because you can't help somebody else out unless you help yourself first so okay. those, those are the little things when it comes to ownership that can be done okay. so the ein number you said it it shouldn't just be your social security number being no. used you're actually having a business number EIN. So what's the difference? Why shouldn't a person just use like their social security number as their EIN? Because of liability. Let's say that's you knocking wood come into a situation where you're sued, you lose everything, right? Mm -hmm. As if you have actually have your own business EIN, they can't sue you, Shay, the person. They can only sue the business. So legally it works into your best benefit to have a business created instead of, using your social security number. Okay. So with you saying that, I I can see that as a do and don't, right? Mm -hmm. Do get a business EIN number. Do not Mm -hmm. use your social security number. Um, But what are other do's and don'ts that you can mention when it comes to ownership? Not everybody needs to know what your dream is. An owner doesn't reveal all the secrets to his employees. They keep things close to the chest. Uh, Again, people that I, I emphasize this because I'm going through it now. You're, you're going to be going through a storm as owners. The storm is not meant to break you down. It's to build you up, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding, understanding that journey. A, a storm also is meant to get you quicker to where you need to be, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of keeping where you're at. An owner is also recognizing that it's a bigger picture than what you're being involved in. Understand that some of the impossible things that will be accomplished is going to be coming through divine intervention. 
And uh, when you said move in silence, I thought about something T.I. said, and he was like, be sure to understand the vision for yourself, because Mm -hmm. if you don't understand the vision for yourself, somebody else will tell you what your vision is. Yeah. So so tell us more about uh, your current project. It sounds very interesting where you saying that now you're working with a sports and entertainment um, organization. Tell us more about that, because you're talking about. football and hbcu and you know hbcu equals black excellence so let's talk more about that that sounds very interesting yeah for full disclaimer i didn't go to hbcu school i partnered up with three other individuals three african-american men um, who are successful in business and we're bringing the rivalry um, between howard and morehouse to metlife stadium this year september 17th the game is going to be on another level. Um, mm-hmm. What I can say is that we're actually going to show the Battle of the Bands. You know, we're, we're not we're not ESPN. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we're not going to cut anything out. It'll be good for people to actually see it live because the HBCU culture, um, as I'm learning, is completely different than the actual Black culture, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's completely different. And, and I say that, and I say that in not a negative way. It, it's just like, Sometimes it feels like a secret society, but not in yeah, a yeah, bad yeah. way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Exactly. It's it's like on Stomp the Yard when Homeboy mm-hmm. came from wherever. He was like, "Yo, what is it all about?" When he saw that, he was like, "Yo, this is like a, a, an enlightenment, an awakening." Mm-hmm. That's what's going on right now. It's like, wait a minute, why? Why am I just now seeing this? I'm happy that I'm involved in it. I'm um, actually bringing it to New York City. It's just really exciting. I'm I'm honestly happy about it. I'm cryptic on certain things because I legally can't say certain things. Just Understood. Yet. Understood. Um, but it's, it's one of those things like you have to actually be there to be there in the stadium to see what's going on. It's, it's it sounds exciting. And, you know, I'm I'm up for anything coming from my hometown, New York City. So yeah. that's that's dope. And um, I, I can't wait to hear more about it. Um, mm-hmm. I would love for She Discovered podcast to continue highlighting this because like you said, uh, She Discovered podcast is definitely not only about discoveries, uh, hence mm-hmm. the name, but it's also <laughs> about ownership, right? right? Things that I've learned to not own a, about myself internally, but mm-hmm. things to take ownership of things that I'm learning about externally. So right. like you said, the HBCU community is definitely about ownership. It's definitely about community. So um, I can't wait to hear more. And uh, just know that right now y'all heard this little snippet <laughs> on She Discover podcast, right? So we'll, right. We'll, we'll see where that goes. But do you have any last words you would like to share with um, my listeners before we go? Yeah, if they want to find out more information, you know, they can call us at 833-NYC-HBCU. You know, they can follow us on our social media handles at the real HBCU NYC. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. The the support I would say that's coming in, I want to say overwhelming. We're happy that you guys are actually doing this kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like, it's all about gratitude as we that we've been seeing so far. Yeah, the things that we have lined up is going to be crazy. Um, we have events going to be surrounding the game as well, ancillary events releasing to the public soon. Uh, you know, my last tip will be that whatever your passion is don't sacrifice it for a dollar you 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 really you're called to do great things um don't delay in progress because progress is always going around you and we've seen when it comes to money when it came to the barter system to the paper money now you're transferring over to digital currency the world's always evolving so always recognize 
take up the blindfold, recognize the trends. Thank you uh, for everything that you've shared. Uh, I do want to reiterate because I want to be careful. Mm. I agree with things that you've said here, mm-hmm. right? But I do want to reiterate that I don't believe we're bashing those that work nine to fives. Um because I believe everyone serves a purpose when it comes to service. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, like the, the man at the gas station or the doctor yeah. or the police officer, the bus driver, those mm-hmm. are our nine to fivers. Those are yeah. our workers. And everyone serves a purpose when it comes to servitude, right? But yeah. I believe what we're trying to say is looking at the grander scheme of things or mm-hmm. even how labor force was built in this country, mm-hmm. right? We, we, we got to put the truth out there. And mm-hmm. that's why we mentioned slavery and all these different <laughs> types of things. But at the same time to understand, and that's why I mentioned the quote that you told me while we were having outside discussions that mm-hmm. it could be as little as what are you doing for your community, You know what I mean? And what are you doing to be self-aware of your talents and how you can serve not only your family, but those outside? Because that is Black excellence. I believe servitude coincides Mm. with being excellent. You know what I'm saying? It's not all about, oh, I own this, me, 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 me. And Mm. look at all the money I'm getting, but who are you serving? You know what I mean? And how are you growing as an individual? So- Mm. But I agree with that. And people need to become aware on their their genius, right? Mm-hmm. Nine of fivers are definitely geniuses walking around that haven't even been tapped into yet. Yeah. Right. So 100 percent I'm not bashing any nine to fiver. It's a passion of me saying, like, if I can actually help one person, I'm, I'm done, I've done my job, right? Mm-hmm. I've helped that person actually become financially free. When we look at other communities, they are, I believe understanding the strategic methods of recycling money within their communities. When we think about the Jews, when we think about the Asians, you know what I mean? I mean, it's true though. Economics. It's true. And the black dollar in the black mm -hmm. community doesn't even rotate once. This facts about a couple of years ago, it rotated one time. Now five bands, four or five years later, we don't even rotate a dollar one time in our community. That says a lot. Yeah. Right. So black excellence recognizing, yo, my black community is actually degraded, is actually becoming less and less than that. Mm-hmm. So now I gotta actually find a way to build it back up. Right. 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 So looking at the cultures, they will take their dollar five plus before it even leaves their, co- their community. Yeah. Support black business. Yeah. Hundred percent. Exactly. Support exactly. black business. Yeah. Let's leave it at that. Let's leave it at. That. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave it at that. So again, listeners, thank you, uh, thank you, Andrew, for being a guest on a podcast on this on this bonus episode. We wanted just to tap a little bit into Black excellence, entrepreneurship, and like he just educated me, solopreneur. That's how you pronounce it, right? Solopreneur. Solopreneur. Yeah. All right. It was so like self-employed. I'm self-employed. Yeah. Self-employed. You know, yeah. and ownership, and all these different things, and how you can start building the foundation, or even start thinking about it differently differently i will also place it in the description but um these are two books that will be very beneficial to tap into again the cash flow quadrant by robert kiyosaki uh the richest man in babylon i do not remember the author's name but like i said it will be in the description take a look at these books read it audio book it whatever cliff notes whatever you gotta do but get some type of knowledge of what we're discussing here today 
And uh, I will see you in season four. We'll talk about that another time. But again, thank you for tuning in to She Discovered Podcast. for listening to this week's episode i hope you've gained some knowledge insight and clarity in this moment creating your own inner discoveries tune in again with new episodes released every tuesday and most importantly head over to at she discovered podcast on instagram to interact with me and receive more tips and info relating to all topics discussed as always you are appreciated